you don't need me to tell you how bad Boston College's offensive line was in 2022. It was one of the worst in the country, and it wasn't even close. On Tuesday, Jeff Halfley's staff went out and made a move that could add some some stability to a group that is in desperate need of turning things around if Jeff Halfley and his staff have any chance of hanging around Chestnut Hill. We'll get into this in a lot more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and what it do. This is AJ Black. I am the host of Locked on BC. And today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with the complete confidence knowing to your order is the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com and use promo code Locked On at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. All right, let's get kick this off right away. We watched BC football this season tank bad and there were lots of issues with this team whether it was coaching certain position groups but one of the biggest issues obviously was the play of the offensive line it was you know bc just two years ago you would joke about boston college's offensive line you they're the best offense one of the best teams in the country in terms of producing offensive lines and you can make that argument i would i would say there's a lot of Blue Bloods that could definitely do more. But BC definitely had their share of great NFL players that came out of their program. This year was like Bizarro World Offensive Line U, where you saw a group that played... I've been following BC for 30-plus years. I have never seen an offensive line play this bad. Whether it was pass blocking, which was atrocious, whether it was run blocking, which was non-existent, BC could not do anything right in the trenches. On Tuesday, Jeff Halfley and his staff made their first splash in the transfer portal, landing a commitment from Texas State offensive line transfer, Kyle Hergel. Now, Kyle Hergel is a guard. He's about 6'5", 300 plus pounds. He has been a starter for three years with the Bobcats, meaning he played at BC a couple years ago. He has been two times named Sun Belt offensive line uh, member of their all t- all Sun Belt team. He this year was one of the top forty in the country in their uh, in Pro Football Focus's pass rush blocking grades. This is a slam dunk for Jeff Halfley when he needed one badly. Now, I want you folks at home to go home. And, and if you're looking at this and going, it's a Texas State offensive lineman, blah, blah, blah. This doesn't matter. This is just more Boston College nonsense. Look, talent is talent. And his grades show that he can be a, a, a serviceable ACC offensive lineman. He did great against a very good Baylor defensive nose tackle during the season. He did very well against every team he played against. He only allowed 
two sacks all season long. Look, I don't care about the name on his on his uniform. Teams across the country do not just go for Power 5 program transfers to make the biggest splash. Sometimes programs, unless you're Alabama or Auburn or Georgia or or Ohio State, other programs are going to go deep, dig deep, and find these gems in the lower levels. And I, I think this is a slam dunk. And now you want a guy that has a pedigree, right? He played for North Dakota for a while. He is originally from Toronto. He's a cold-blooded Canadian. I love that. I love a guy that is not from the South, that is playing from up North. Those are the offensive linemen I think of that are going to be effective, that are going to make big plays. And then I, on top of all of that, I look at his grades. I look at what he's done, and it makes me salivate. I mean, compare what he did to the uh, the current offensive line grouping, and you have to be impressed, okay? I think Kyle Hergel was a great hit, and I honestly, up until today, didn't know much about him, but that's okay. BC needed depth at offensive line. They needed guys to get in there and play immediately, and I think this kid is going to be it. I think he's going to play, and we'll talk about it in the second segment, what he's going to do. But this is the type of thing BC needs to do. This is the type of, of move the Eagles had to make to, to solidify an issue that was a big-time problem on this program. And they go out there, and they got a guy that started 125, 120-plus games. He's played guard. He's played a little bit of tackle, played a little bit of center. But it doesn't matter what he's played. He's a hit in what you need to do. So this is a big get for Jeff Halfley. I know it's Texas State, but I think I, I like this move a lot. I think this is a good first step in the transfer portal. And we'll talk in a little bit about what Kyle Hergel could mean. I love saying his name. Hergel. Hergel could mean for the Eagles. But before we do that, I want to tell you about my friends at Omaha Steak. Omaha Steak is amazing. My great-grandmother got me a box a couple years ago, and I still remember it. I remember opening that box and finding all the delicious goodies inside, cooking it up, and having a great romantic dinner with my wife at home. Didn't have to go out, didn't have to spend a dime, because it was a great gift. Now, this is insane. Omaha Steaks has cut prices 50% site-wide to make you the gift-giving hero that you always wanted to be. The holidays are here, achieving gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks have everything in a delicious variety of gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. Go to omahasteaks.com and make, take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use code LOCKEDON at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Omaha Steaks has everything you need to get your gift that you simply may need to do. Send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites like the ju- delicious butcher's cut filet mignon, aged chill bonus chicken, ultra juicy burgers, and even an easy to prepare comfort meals. So go and make sure you visit omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code Locked On to get that additional $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. <clears throat> right, Locked On BC. We're talking about Kyle Hergel. Kyle Hergel, who is a guard with a good pedigree, good size. He, he checks off all the boxes, I think, of what you want at BC. I looked at his grades on Pete Pro Football. 
So you look at BC's uh, pass and run block grades on pro football focus, and it's all red, yellow, red, yellow all season long. And I mean, some of the grades make your eyes like it's offensive to look at, right? You look at Hergel and he's higher ranked by not even close. He would have been probably the highest ranked player on Boston college, let alone the offensive line. Now you bring this guy in, you get him for a year. I believe he's a, he's a grad transfer. So you only get him for a year, maybe two. It's it's always confusing with this, with this COVID rules, but Hergel is going to slot right into guard. Now your offensive line is starting to take shape and it all depends on one man. And that other man is the other guard, Christian Mahogany. Now, if Mahogany, who is like next year, if he plays, is the best player Boston College will have, BC now has two guards that are, are solid. I'm very happy with what that would look like. If you had Hergel and Mahogany at guard, you have two-fifths of your offensive line shored up pretty easily, right? That's a big question. Will Mahogany come back? Now, on yesterday's episode, I read one of his tweets where he made it sound like he's a bricklayer. He's not going to sell out. It sounded to me like he's coming back to BC. That would be a huge deal. You have now, if he comes back, if you get Mahogany and now you've brought in Hergel, you now have two new offensive linemen that you didn't have last year playing at a position that was awful last year. And this is not a knock on those kids that played there. We've all heard the story. Dwayne Alec and Jackson Ness are converted defensive linemen. Jack, Jack Connolly, Jack Connolly, right? You now have two guards that are graded incredibly high. That's awesome. You then add him next to a center and Drew Kendall, who you, I think, and Mitch has brought up with statistics. He had his blips and he had a few blips down the stretch but was pretty good for most of the season. You, Ozzy Trapillo, he needs to take a step up, but I don't think he's the worst player. I mean, he was one of the better offensive linemen they had last year. And then you have to hope that Kevin Klein will be that fifth guy. All of a sudden, your offensive line is much more improved than last year. And that is without the, the possibility of adding Caleb Schaefer, an offensive lineman from Miami, another guard, who was here last uh, last weekend? Another decently ranked. He was lower ranked than Kyle Hergel, but he was he was not bad, not bad at all. Now, can you get him in for insurance? Because, you, gosh, if you you do not want injuries from like last year, or have you already lost it? Is Kyle Hergel going to be that guy that takes it over and Schaefer doesn't have a spot? Because I know Schaefer still has other visits on 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 the docket, and we'll have to wait to see what that looks like. Whatever the case. Right now, you compare your offensive lines from this year and last year. With the in, with the understanding that hopefully Christian Mahogany is back. Last year, let's just throw out some five names, right? By the end of the year, you were starting Ozzie Trapillo, Drew Kendall, Jack Conley, um, Jackson Ness, and Dwayne Alec. Next year... You could be starting Drew Kendall, Ozzy Trapillo, Kevin Klein, Kyle Hergel, and Christian Mahogany. Which offensive line do you think is going to do better? I think I know my answer there. I would love to see Schaefer on board too. I think he would be an, a great addition. But this also raises the question about some of the guys that are on the roster. And, and honestly, at this point, it doesn't really matter what they think. But will 
Jack Conley have a spot? I imagine he's such a versatile offensive lineman in the fact that he can play tackle or, or guard. And I'm not saying at what level he'd play it at. Would he, would he still be eligible to play for BC? He might, but I think the bigger question for him, if, if, if I was Jack Conley would with one year of eligibility or whatever you have left, would you want to be like the sixth offensive lineman for BC? Or would you rather go to UMass or UConn and, and be a starter immediately? I mean, to me, that answer makes sense, but I'm not Jack Conley, right? You also have Nick Thomas. I, I don't know. Don't, I don't want to see Nick Thomas in the starting lineup again. But I think that last spot will be interesting to see what BC has gone after. And then finally, in terms of the tra- in terms of recruiting, because I know folks love to talk recruiting as well, BC was also just recently in on a Texas A&M offensive lineman uh, who also uh, could be coming in. And I have been waiting to uh, find out more. Uh, and I've been reaching out to the staff to find out whether this kid is definitely coming or not, but we have not heard. And his name, and I'm looking it up because I didn't, Nyqu- <laughs> I want to call him Nyquil, Nyquil Bertrand. He's from Northeast in Pennsylvania. Uh, he is a 86 three-star uh, offensive lineman. He was at BC out of the blue this weekend. Not curious, just curious where he could end up if he if he ends up at BC. He's another guard, but I see the Eagles possibly looking to really beef up this offensive line. And to me, that just shows the staff made a big mistake last year. But hopefully, they're starting to realize that they could fix this mistake and by doing it by adding some players to that offensive line. Now, in a moment, we will get into basketball as I go back into the dregs of the season. And look at their game against Stonehill, a team down the road uh, who's their first year in the uh, Division I uh, bracket, and uh, they put BC up for a tough task. But before we do that, let me tell you about BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. You know, I love it. I If you went on BetOnline.net, I was talking to a friend about this, and you faded every Boston College home game against a bye team. Those are like UNH, Maine. Uh, Cornell, Detroit, Mercy, Stonehill. You, I think, I'd have to look at it. I think would have went, had a perfect record this year. You would have made some serious money if you went over to Bet Online. Now, if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Locked On PC, we're wrapping up our conversation for the day as we look at BC basketball ending their out-of-conference schedule with a game against the Stonehill Skyhawks. Stonehill out of Easton, Massachusetts, their first year in Division I basketball. BC got taken to the limit by the Skyhawks, winning 63-56. Now, you look at the score and you go again, you go, holy crap, this is against a team that just went Division I. And, I mean, I follow some Stonehill stuff, they were supposedly having a bad defense and you scored only 63 points. I mean, what is with this team? What is with this team and their inability to score? 
but they score 63 points. So for the first time, I think other than a, a, an overtime game against UNH, BC scored 60 plus points, but my God, this game was ugly. Just like every other BC game you've watched this year, Stonehill went for a six and a half point, uh, six and a half minute drought within score. And just like the UNH game, BC was like, yeah, you want to not do well? Well, Hey, we'll match you and do nothing ourselves. And BC only had a one point uh, lead ending out of that uh, little run there. This team is so frustrating to watch on offense. They can't do anything consistently. Well, Jaden Zachary probably had the best game of the, of his year uh, getting, uh, I think it was like 16. I think, I think he had 16 points. Uh, and uh, yeah, 16 points and three, three assists and got three from six from beyond the arc. But what stunned me was the BC went on an 18-0 run, which was like, okay, the offense has finally figured some stuff out. Look at this. They're playing a bad team, and they're starting to put their foot on the gas and put things away. Well, nope, they did not because they went on an 18-0 run, and then their offense went back to sputtering all over the place, and Stonehill climbed back into it. This game was down to the wire to the last 10 seconds. Because Stonehill made a few shots. BC went back to um, letting Stonehill come right back into it. And it, it took a, a steal from Jaden Zachary in the final seconds to seal this win. Nothing about this win felt good. Because Stonehill, first of all, I know, you know, Stonehill is a team that played well in Division Two, And then, you know, they moved up to the NEC. You're Boston College. You've got to be better than this. I, I, the fact that BC ended their out of conference schedule without blowing out any of the teams that they played against in these bye games is very concerning. Heading into regular season, now the first game that they're going to get is against Virginia Tech, and uh, Mike Young and you know in their top, I think they're top ten rated. This is going to get ugly if BC is going to go out there and shoot the way they did, struggle the way they did, the ACC schedule is going to eat them alive. And this is concerning. And this has nothing in my eyes to do with Quinton Post. Quinton Post is good. But is he enough to make your offense not look so dysfunctional? I don't think so. I don't think he is that good. So, I don't know. I think, as I said in previous episodes, BC basketball is a bore. They're, they just like the I you know I'm a Patriots fan, and I have to say, the last three months I've watched between BC football and New England's Patriots football a lot of bad football, but now we can add the BC men's basketball team to that list uh, that list too because they they have no identity at all on offense. They do not know what to do. And they cannot do anything consistently. Their their three point shooting is awful, which we've seen for two years under Grant and more years before with Jim Christian. But they've got to they've got to find their identity somewhere. Their defense was good against Stonehill, but when they play Virginia Tech, when they play Duke and UNC, it's not good enough because they're going to let up points. And so they end the, the out-of-conference schedule 6-6, six and six, which is, I mean, it could be worse, but they've lost enough out-of-conference games that are bad that, to put a damper on anything this season. 
And now we are back to Conti Forum being completely empty and the fans being apathetic. This is so depressing for BC basketball. Uh, nothing, not a knock against Stonehill at all. They came out there and they they busted their butt in this game. But BC, they got to play better. I don't know what's going on. All right, this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow with more news. Hopefully, we'll have some more recruiting and, and transfer portal news that we can report on. I hope you all enjoy this show. If you do, please hit that subscribe button on Locked on BC on YouTube. I'm telling you, it's a free thing that's for you to do. It doesn't cost you a cent, and it helps the podcast out tremendously. So go over to YouTube and find Locked on BC. Hit that subscribe button. If you find a few uh, episodes as well, hit the likes on those buttons, uh, on those pages too. Well, I'll be back again tomorrow, as I said. I am going to check out. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. Take care.